Hello and a very warm welcome to another Punters podcast. I'm Andrew and I'll be hosting this. Be joined in a few minutes by Jack for what will be our ARC special. Before that we're going to have a very quick run through of the Middle Park and Cheveley Park races, two very informative Guineas trials. A quick look ahead to the new market card which is the highlight of the UK racing this weekend. But before we get to that, a little bit of housekeeping. Firstly, huge thanks to Dean, known on the boards as Insomniac, who has recreated the old Punter's Post website. It's much prettier than it ever used to be. We've got a few new faces as well as some familiar ones. And you can find all of that temporarily at www.insomniac.co.uk. And Insomniac here is spelled I-N-S-O-M-N-I-A-K. Other than that, our internet presence remains very much as it was. The Twitter feed is still the place to find betting hints, particularly those relating to my horses to follow. And my horses to follow, amongst other things, are to be found in detail on my blog, which is at nationalhunt.blogspot.com. Finally, looking at this podcast, it's very embarrassing to me that it just comes straight in with my voice rattling in your ears. It'd be lovely to build up some kind of an introduction or conclusion to the podcast, a little bit of music maybe, some kind of clever intro. If anyone's got any ideas on how I can do that technically, please get in touch, otherwise I'm sure I'll just jury-rig something up. But to get on with the racing, let's look first of all at the Middle Park, which was run earlier today. We're recording this late on a Friday night and Orzan was particularly impressive in winning the middle park he looks to me like he's bred to be a pure miler Um, he was very cultish in this win he was hanging hanging badly to the side didn't seem to want to go on when he got himself into the lead but clearly had more in the tank and was comfortable in the end over Radiohead he's one to have on your shortlist for the 2000 guineas Radiohead for me, there's still a question over whether he will see out the trip come next spring. This is the first time he's looked like he sees six furlongs and it's fairly late in the season for him to be doing that. On pedigree he should be a miler but he isn't looking like it yet and even if he does prove to be a miler in time, to me it won't. he won't have that sort of stamina quickly enough in the season to cope with a very stiff mile at Newmarket. The big disappointment of the race, of course, was Poet's Voice, who finished a long way back in the field and will move down the pecking order for Godolphin. Uh, We'll be talking about Buzzword as part of our preview of Longchamp, but to me, he and Vale of York are the pick of the Godolphin two-year-olds this year, and Poet's Voice has demonstrated he lacks a bit of the speed and a bit of the class to compete at the highest level. In the Cheveley Park, it was a one-horse race, and as Cricket Head Marek predicted, Special Duty won this very comfortably, did all the work from the front, never looked like being beaten, and made odds of 3-1 to look really quite stupid. She's now deservedly favourite for the 1,000 guineas. You can still find 8-1 to fairly widely. Uh, There's been talk from Cricket Head Marek in various interviews about all her other guineas horses and who she's, who this one reminds her of. To me, the most obvious comparison is with Natagora, who won the 1000 in 2007. 
Like Natagora, this is a very tough front runner who has the speed to cope with the horses behind us, putting in a finishing kick. I'm hugely impressed and it'll need to be a good horse to beat her at Newmarket. She's one I'll be staying on the right side of. To me, no shame in being defeated by a horse like that and Mishia is as good as any of the other UK fillies. She's one I'm very keen to keep an eye on. Although I think she may struggle in the classics because to me she'll fall between two stalls and be a ten furlong horse. Too much, too little speed for Newmarket and too little stamina for, for Epsom. But she's certainly going to prove to be group class as a three year old I believe. Behind them there wasn't a great deal and this wasn't a race with the sort of depth that we've sometimes seen. But no doubt in my mind that these were two very impressive trial uh Guineas trials races that we saw today. Looking ahead to tomorrow, the pick of the races is the Sun Chariot at Newmarket. Garnati is the favourite. She's won two group ones, both over a mile, both against Phillies, and those are the conditions she'll face tomorrow. She's therefore a deserved favourite. However, in the past she's only raced against three-year-olds and this year's three-year-old fillies have proved to be a very ordinary bunch in my opinion and I think there's value here in taking Ganati on with the older horses. Of those the one I would be siding with is Heaven Sent who is ultra reliable. She'll run her race, she's got the ground that will suit her and although she's not the highest class horse away from Ganati this isn't the highest class group one suffers from being on the same weekend as the Longchamp card and 16 to 1 with Victor Chandler makes her really excellent value each way where I'd have to say she's nailed on for a place. Away from that race we're looking at an awful lot of big fields and an awful lot of very tough races. The scoop six is approaching the million but I can't see it being won this week unless it's a day for favourites or one of the syndicates has a very good day. The big race, apart from the Sun Chariot, is of course the Cambridgeshire, and God knows what's going to win that. Wannabe King and Moynihan are two very tentative selections for you. They look like they've got value, in my opinion, based on my reading of the form. Both will cope with a tough one mile one furlong trip. Both will enjoy the hard gallop, will enjoy the ground, and shouldn't be phased by a large field. But you could make that case for well over half the horses in this field and any one of 15 could win this. Um, away from those races Newmarket's card opens with two Tattersall sales races and unusually we've got AP O'Brien represented in both of them. Lily Langtree runs in the Phillies race and Alfred Nobel in the Colts race. These have both been running in group races all season and are very highly rated I don't believe that either of them are top class and I'm not as bothered as some people have been by good by Ballydoyle running them. I don't think this is a sign of being desperate to make money and being completely destitute in this economy as some have suggested. It's no doubt they're tightening their, their purse strings but these horses are running here because it's a chance for O'Brien to go after the UK trainers title it's a chance for Danehill Dancer to go after the top sire title for the highest earning stallion. It's a chance for both horses to have a run in a hard gallop 
which they'll need if they're going to go on firm ground it's a chance for them to run in away from their stable mates who will be filling up the group races and it's a chance for them to make some money which ultimately you don't need to be a destitute stable to enjoy making a million pounds so to me there's no controversy there and both of them will have every chance in two very competitive races but we've rattled through the card in the UK rattled through a few bits of housekeeping and that leaves us lots and lots of time to look ahead to Longchamp this is after all the ARC special and we're joined now by Jack to do all of that so Jack a warm welcome to the podcast and a warm welcome to very very early in the morning on the Saturday of ARC weekend Yep, should be a couple of great days of racing and looking forward to all. Certainly should. We've got a, a lot to look at. Um, what I suggest we do is simply go through the card yes. in order. We can ignore the handicaps, but if we begin on Saturday, uh, the first race is the Puy de Chardonnay. It's the one mile seven furlong uh, group two for three-year-olds. Arguably, it's the French ledger. I must confess, it's a small field, and I'm very ignorant about it. Very little for me to say. Have you got any views on this race? Or it's um, it's like a sort of race. Um, like the four nine with Wedgier through to Claremont. Um, I was a big fan of Telluride back in June, July. I thought um, he thought I thought he, his run in against Wedgier in Group Two was very very good of a slow pace. Um, and Claremont actually runs for um, Andre in this race and looking at the French runners um, I think Claremont would be the one I'd be looking at for this yeah I mean he seems he does seem the likeliest of them doesn't he um, mm -hmm. but yeah there's it's a I say it's a it's a, almost a, a slow start to the to the race was it a slow race just in terms of the pace of it given the distance they're going but it's a yeah it's a difficult one to to get your head around not much British form to work off but yeah the you can't go too far on backing five horses here um yeah I mean Tori's on board so you can just set a slow pace and just uh, go for it a few furlongs out and um, yeah I mean I'd, I'd be disappointed if Clement can't win yeah, I think that's that's fair enough. I know it's Tatori is an ideal booking for this sort of race. Um cracking on then I think really. The next race is the Foray. Dottori is on Cat Junior this time. There's a bit more British form. Um but for me the this race begins and ends with Goldie Cover. She's one of the classiest horses around. She's one to two generally. Um they're saying the draw is, is against her. Do you think that's enough to stop her? No. Goldicover wins. Move on. Yeah. I think that's true. People are people are looking for something. But to say the Border Patrol has, has got any chance stepping up from Group 3, I think she's... I, th I don't think there's any, any danger. I, I think this is a another one in the bank for Goldicover on her way to what should be a fairly easy win in the Breeders' Cup mile as well. Yep. Uh, do you see any each way value, or is this just just a one race um, for you? The top two have been in good form. Um, I mean, Balthazar's gift obviously disappointed last time out. Um, 
in the Mulan, but you could argue that he was running over a furlong too far. Um, he sort of didn't break that well going off memory. I mean, if he's, I mean, certainly his his run at Newbury in the Hungerford ahead of Regal Parade that puts him um, in good light, and also behind Finjan. I mean, the forms there. If possibly he's not a regular traveller. I mean, he's he's gone to Dover in the past in the Maurice Keystone was smashed behind Marshall Door. Uh, again, he actually, yeah, two, uh, in 06 he went as to Dover as well. So all three times he's been to France, he's been um, smashed out of the park, um, never finished inside the top six. So you have to, to take a bit of trust with that. Well, Shemperer, 10 year old, sort of a half month break. Can he really step up into this kind of form based on what he was doing um, last season and this season? No. Um, I don't really see any point in doing each value and just whack Goldicova in with all your singles and make them doubles. Yeah, it seems a sensible thing to do to me. Welsh Emperor's got the draw fav in his favour, but no, as you say, there's there's little little value, I think, anywhere else, and Goldicova must be seen as the winner. Um, more competitive and quite an intriguing race to me, actually, is the next one on the card. That's the the one mile group to the Prix Daniel Wildenstein. Um, Regan is the horse who's probably arguably best known in this. Um, she was second to Ganati, of course. So, uh, I've missed a race. My apologies. We'll go back. Um, yeah, well, well, we can do the Wildenstein now and go back to the road. Okay, afterwards. let's do the Wildenstein since I'm halfway through it. Um, and yeah, Regan is, is arguably the best known of these. She was second to Ganati in the in the coronation. Very impressive run to me there. Front running, stayed on well, battled fairly hard, and only one got past her. Um but this is competitive, it's all ages. There's Phillies, there's Met there's um there's Colts, there's Stallions, there's there's a lot to see. Um range of abilities. Where are the where are the Jack Millions gonna be going in this race? Um, firmly in my pocket, staying in the pocket. For, uh, but um, I, I would say it's a bit of a negative that Regan's running in this. I mean, I thought that Regan would certainly be running in the Sun, uh, sun Chariot, because she was in at the five-day stage, and I thought, right, she'll definitely be a runner. And I thought possibly back on this form, uh, sorry, back on this ground, two lengths to make up behind Gunati. I mean, bring in mind that Regan had only had the two runs beforehand, was beaten actually in the, the time before in the Sandringham, I believe. Um, I thought she'd have had a good chance to reverse the form, but they're running her in this. Um, I mean, to be honest, I'm perfectly happy leaving this race alone. I really cannot stand the French three-odds this year. I've I've been saying it since May. Um, I mean, you got the the uh, Poulish runner-up, uh, sorry, the Diane runner-up, Tamaziote running in here. You got Regan. I don't like the French three-odds at all. If I were having to have a bet, it's um, Ressinger bounced back into form last time out. Um, Spring of Fame sort of looked half good when he was unlucky in the Kempton race, the Kentucky Derby trial. But I don't. I mean, Golden Century has been touted as um, Tors, um but again, he disappointed Rory last time out behind Ressinger. Um, I don't see any need to get involved in this race at all. No, no I think very much one for the notebooks. Um, there's a there's a few that interest me in here. Earl of Fire would probably be my 
my very tentative pick. He does well at the course. He's nicely drawn. He's in decent enough form at the moment. Um, ran ran last weekend and had a good second. So he'd be tentative pick, but it is a very tentative one. And like you, it's it's a race to watch. I think um, we should go back up and pick up the Qatar Prix de Royale, perhaps which I've missed out. That's a group two for Phillies and Mares. Uh going over one mile four and a half. Uh this is another race where you really need knowledge of the French form. Charity Bell goes across from from England and Tanora from the Oxyard in Ireland of course, but the rest are all French. Do you have any great insight for us? Nothing major. Um Daria Khanna has been a couple, uh, very lucky in a couple of her starts. Um, I wouldn't really be 100%. I mean, I think she's a, a proper stayer, sort of a two-miler, two-mile four. I wouldn't be surprised to see her running in um, uh, running in the sort of the pre-Royal Oak in four weeks' time. Um, Tanora, yeah, she beat Lacorno. Um she beat Locorno at, uh, at the York meeting, the Ewell meeting, I think, um, in a listed race. Uh, disappointed in the 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 park, the Phillies ledger, the park six, I think it is. She disappointed in that when she was short priced favourite um, on similar sort of ground. I mean, it's she's likely to be a short favourite, but I, I'm Plumania. I mean, I don't like the French three-year-olds, but there's nothing else really to go against with her. I mean, no, strikes me as a serial loser. I mean, she's yet to win this season. She's run run with credit and running some good races, but she's yet to win, and you can you can only make excuses for so long. I mean, that's fair enough. I mean, it's it's certainly not a horse I'd be definitely adding to um to any um doubles or trebles, but I mean, I expect to see Plumonia win that. I I mean, I wouldn't really be wanting to backing Dora. I don't think she's that great. Um, Burn the Breeze, certainly not. Daria Khanna, I don't think she's got, got the speed for this. Um, yeah, I mean, Plumania, she, she'll she have the speed. She, she ran in the Boosack last year, I think, came about third or fourth, I think. Um, she had a couple of good finishes behind um, Stasolita and then Darimi and the Vermai. I mean, she should really have this lot. She should, yeah, she should really do it here. Yeah, if she runs up to that form, she'll be a comfortable winner. It's just a question of whether she'll run down to the opposition. Yeah, I agree with you that she's she's the likeliest of them. Um, and finally for Saturday, which is of course the weaker of the two days on the the card, we've got the Qatar Pre Dollar. Uh, this is another Group Two. It's just under one mile two furlongs. It's mixed mixed sex. Um, although it's open to three-year-olds, everything running is, is four-year-old plus, so they're nearly all off the same weight, with the exception of Balias carrying the the penalty, and Estrella Anki getting getting the Phillies allowance. Um, this one, to me, is is an intriguing group, too. It's, it's wide open. There's horses from England and France. There's, there's a I say real fascination for me. That being said, I'm not sure I know who's going to win it, but I'm sure you'll inform me. 
Well, I'm sorry to be boring, but I really think Famous Name's a complete banker in this. Um, I think he's more nailed on to win this than Goldikova in the foray. He's running over pretty much what is his perfect trip, one mile one. I mean, yeah, there's an extra 165 yards on there. He's finished second over a furlong further in the uh, Prudu Jockey Club. So he will get the trip. I mean, he's getting the ground he wants over this over this trip. I mean, I'm sorry for being so boring, but I really... I just I can't see past famous name. Balias, um, Nick Morden likes him a lot after he won um, in Turkey. But that's on poly track and sort of the form on the turf before that wasn't that good. Obviously, Turkish form. I mean, we've got no idea how good Turkish form is. The Europeans went over there for the three big races and won them all. I mean, Eva's request won, um, won a big race over there and sort of pretty bog-standard group horses over here. So um, you'd be having to take a bit of trust in him. Pipe Dreamer doesn't fully state this trip. Um, if he can get a soft lead, possibly. But then again, he's not really got the sprint finish he'd want. And Famous Name has got that, that real turn of foot. And um, yeah, I mean, based on all form... I mean, people were saying about Aklam last week in, in the QE2 that that sort of makes Goldikova look bad. But Aklam had completely different tactics in the QE2 than he's ever had before. Completely different. Um, I mean, I'm very happy to put a run through Aklam on that. And he's he's had an injury since, and he, he'll be retired. So I'm happy to overlook that. And I really think Famous Name is... Um, yeah, Famous Name, Goldikova, and um, you could point some like Plumania or... Um, Plumania or even Claremont or something. I mean, just a, a five, ten pound treble. I mean, you, I mean, I've got no idea what the odds on Claremont are, but I should should pay about seven, eight to one or something like that. Yeah, it's certainly. I mean, I must say, I was. You can't be disappointed given the quality of horses we're seeing on this card, and certainly Sunday, as as our listeners will hear if they haven't already seen, is a fantastic day. But there is a a certain lack of competition about the card for. For the first day, um, I would have, I wouldn't be as quick to dismiss Pipe Dreamer as you have been. It's been a very disappointing season so far. There's no denying that, um, and he's been sort of hot and cold. But I think this trip will suit him. I do think he'll see out, see out the distance. Um, I mean, of course, it's his Cambridgeshire trip, which is the race he first became sort of prominently known. No jockey declared yet, which is a bit of a shame. Well, uh, sorry, I wonder if he's doubtful to go. No, sorry, sorry to butt in. Uh, Le Maire got injured um, today, which means he'll miss all the rides. Oh, of course he did. And he yeah. was down he, to ride. He broke Dreamer. his collarbone, didn't he? Yes. Yep. I did know that. Um, so yes, that's that explains that. Um, the draw is favourable. I mean, I keep banging on about this more at, at Longchamp than I do in most places, but it does have a remarkable effect on group races at Longchamp, much more than. True. This than you'd expect um, and being drawn 6 of 13 is pretty optimal um, so I wouldn't I wouldn't totally dismiss his chances, he'll run well fresh if he's if he's sort of recovered from whatever's been keeping him off the track so he's he would be one for me but as you say it's very difficult to oppose famous name and it's the sort of race where you could end up feeling like a real prat if you know if it just goes to the form book and famous names stuffs the stuffs the lot of them, which he very well may do. Well, it's pretty much the perfect race in Europe for him. I mean, other than the pre-dust van, there's nothing over this sort of trip uh, in terms of a well, certainly in not Group One because the dust van's the only Group One over over nine furlongs and change. 
But um, this is pretty much the the main race famous name to go for in, in the year. I mean, he's running over a mile, but he's just not fast enough in, uh, in Group 1 company over a mile. And this is his perfect trip. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's true. And, you know, it does look a bit like a plot, doesn't it? Well's got him. It's the right race for him. Well knows what he's doing. Uh, a very good jockey booking. I think there's there's a lot to like. He'll have to overcome a, a suboptimal draw, but apart from that, everything looks in his favour. So yeah. Yeah. Be. I mean, that should be his final start in Europe. I mean, I'd be surprised if he's still uh, if, if he's not in America next year. I think over in America, lots of turf races over over nine furlongs, ten furlongs, which he'll be perfectly suited to. Even a mile. Oh yeah, I mean, over a mile in America. I would. Yeah, he he'd have the speed in America for a mile. He, I mean, he he could come five six lengths off off the pace and just do them all up the home stretch. Yeah, it's true actually. I hadn't really thought about that, but he does have the does have very much an American style of racing and probably flexibility as to distance over there because yeah. they they will occasionally crawl the first fractions or and indeed sometimes they'll fly out of the gate, especially on turf. They tend to be truer run races than we see and he has an Abdullah uh, horse and uh, the Abdullah horse has a happy history of going to America after a season or two he'll probably, yeah. probably, probably go to uh, Bobby Frankel I'd imagine yeah that'd be a bit say it'd be interesting to see see how he does I mean American turf racing in my eyes at least is improving every year and that's partly because of horses like this going over so it'll be interesting to see see how he does next year um, but we must we mustn't get too far ahead of ourselves. We can just go ahead to the next day and look at Sunday's cards. Now this is where where it all starts getting interesting. I would suggest that people try and have brunch instead of Sunday dinner. And if you are going to have Sunday dinner, get on with it because you're not going to want to miss the 12:45, which is the Abbey. It can't possibly be as chaotic as it was last year. Surely, a virtual false start. Um, but it's a. This is always a tough one to pick. I think it's it's relatively tough this year. To me, this is a race with the weak favourite and fleeting spirit. But let's see what the oracle thinks first of all. No, I'm not quite an oracle yet. Let's see. Well, first of all, I'd like to say that I've been critical of a lot of races this year, a lot of Group One races in um in the UK and Europe this year. And yesterday, Friday, was a superb day. Saturday's superb, Sunday's superb, a real fantastic three days of racing. So, um, yeah, let's look forward to it. The Abbey, um, yeah, there are three I like in this. Um, I like Fleeting Spirit, I like War Artist, and I like Tax Free, and I can't decide between them. And um, I think I'm going to end up going with War Artist because I just think that Fleeting Spirit is a lot better fresh. I think the run on heavy ground over six furlongs last night possibly would have put it over the top. Tax free is possibly just half a stride too slow for the Abbey. The Nunthorpe, yeah, I mean he was he was thereabouts at the end, but I just think War Artist, he's not had many miles on the clock, certainly this season. He'll be a fresh horse. He was given a perfect ride last time by Pelier. Um that's actually that's um Horses uh, in the late 90s, they had a very good record coming from French Group 3s over five furlongs to the Abbey. And I think War Artist uh, at uh, 6, 7 to 1 is um, certainly at the very least a good each way bet. Yeah, yeah, I think that's absolutely true. I mean, I wouldn't want to knock Fleeting Spirit's form. Clearly, 
she's a very good horse. She's, it's a, you know, it's absolutely right that she's running in a a top group one like this. I would, I would, I just think a two to one. That's ridiculous odds. Yeah, I agree. In a sixteen horse race like this, yep. against you know proven group con group competitors, there's no there's no value backing any sprinter at two to one, arguably. But certainly, Fleeting Spirit hasn't done enough to justify that for me. Um, I would agree with you with that there are there are question marks about tax free to your to your series of questions. I would add one of my own, which is. Is Adrian Nichols an adequate jockey at this level? I think he's a good jockey. I think he's he's ridden well. But if you look down the list of of the other jockeys, I think he might find himself being a little outclassed in a tight finish, perhaps. Mm -hmm. um, whereas, you know, for all for all I mock the French jockeys, Pellier has has done it on this this sort of stage and particularly this course plenty of times and there's no reason to believe he couldn't put in a good performance here. Uh, the only other one I would mention is Monsieur Chevalier simply because he's a two-year-old and up against a string of four-year-old horses and older he's receiving 16 pounds from the is that right? I can't even do the math while I'm talking. He's uh, 18 seven, eighteen, eighteen. He's receiving eighteen pounds from from the old from the the Colts and, and Geldings in the race. And that's a that's a silly amount of weight to be getting in a five furlong race like this. He's he, and you know, he is amongst the best juvenile sprinters around. Which is it's an in, it's a bold move from Hannah, and I suppose it's a, a perfectly logical move. But Richard Hughes is I imagine we'll give him a fairly sympathetic ride, but if he's going well and competing, I wouldn't be surprised to see him nick a place. And at twenties, I think that's very, very good value for a horse getting this sort of weight. Well, I think his form now, in hindsight, is not that great. If you look, sort of, um, finishes ahead of Star Rover, Shamandar, finishing behind Radiohead, showcasing. Um, certainly last time he finished behind Ivor Bridge Loud, who ran in a nursery the other day off top weight. His form in hindsight is not that great. So while he has been dominant over the horses he's been racing against, that form isn't particularly worth much compared to the old horses, I'd argue. Also, the two-year-olds have a pretty poor record, even given the weight. Um, Kingsgate native grabbed second, but other than that, they've had a really dire time of it, given the weight. And... Um, I do think he'll be staying on at the end, but I think he'll be staying on to sort of about seventh or sixth, and I'd be surprised if he gets as close as third. Well, maybe maybe that's the case. Um, I only have to get fourth with Victor Chandler at this, oh, this meeting, which yeah, fourth, well, there you go. fourth and twenties I thought was a was a reasonable bet. A quarter um, or fifth? It's almost certainly a fifth. I can't remember which okay. suggests it's a fifth because mm -hmm. it would stick in the mind. <laughs> um, and it's pretty difficult to get a quarter for four places these days. Certainly in a non-handicap, it would be be asking a bit too much. But yeah, it's this will be, as ever, a fascinating race. A tough, you know, t picking a sprint is always tough, and this one 
you know, you look down the list and they're nearly all one over the distance. Plenty of them one over course and distance. There's great group form. There's n you can chuck a blanket over them in terms of their adjusted ratings. There's, you know, there's really, it's very, very difficult to pick pick anything. But I, I would agree with you if I had a, a gun to my head, and had to pick one, it would be War Artist. But maybe keeping the stakes to a minimum, splitting them up is the way to go. Um, looking ahead, the pre-Marcel Boussac is the, the Phillies two-year-old one-mile group one. My cards have been on the table for this race for some time now. I think the world of Cabaret. I think she's a fantastic filly. And I think she'll do it to this field. Um, of course, the papers are all talking about the new Zarkava, and we couldn't really let Zarkava's number one fan <laughs> not give his opinion. Are you feeling about Rossanara? No. About Zarkava? No, not Rossanara. No, 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 no. It's the wrong French one race filly. Wedding March. From the past 14 runners, the three once raced winners to have won this race all won the Cascade. Rossanara did not win the Cascade, she won some other race. Um, over course and distance, Dharma won the Cascade, who's been injured since she um, had a fetlock problem. The Cascade winner this year was Wedding March, who's been supplemented to the field, and Wedding March is my pick. I've looked and looked and looked. I don't like Rossanara. Um, Cabaret, uh, I do think, I, I agree with you that she is going to be an excellent filly for next year, but I just think she'll be done for speed in the closing stages. And this is a race which tends to go to a speedy horse. Um, if you look sort of down the line, you've got uh, Divine Proportions, you've got Sarkava, you've got Loving Claim, uh, Six Perfections, of course, uh, Rumpus, well, Finscale Bios, obviously, Elusive Wave. They're all sort of really speedy types that have carried on racing over a mile as a two-year-old. And Cabaret, I think, will be better suited to 10 furlongs, 12 furlongs. Wedding March, I think, will be a proper miler. If you don't want to back Wedding March, if you think she won't have enough experience, then Kilo Alpha. She finished fifth in the Cascade, uh, and then won very impressively next time out. Um, if you she did, I saw a video of that race. It was yep. a it visually very impressive performance. I was amazed to see how low she's been rated. Yeah. The racing post have put her in on 84, which makes yep. her so, it's just significantly pathetic. the worst. But that's a that's a crazy bit of racing. It is. And yeah, it is. Me, she's. Her form ranks up there with, with any of these, I mean, with the exception of the sort of the group winners in the mm -hmm. field. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, she's she's one I'd looked at. Um, Wedding March I hadn't considered extensively. Um, arguably, the Andre Favre number two. It's difficult to tell based on jockey booking. So Tory rides, which is no hardship. Um, but Bahama has Pellier on board, so you'd assume that that was the one he thought slightly more of, but probably not much in it. Well, um, well the um, the, the Prix, God, if I can pronounce this correctly, the Prix Omal, um, that did have a good record in the 90s, the late 90s. There were quite a few horses getting beaten in that and then winning the Boussac, but um, since sort of 98 or so, um, dreadful record, absolutely dreadful. Um, I think if I get my records here, yeah, since 1999, so, 99, uh, so 10 runnings, 
from 23 runners, just three placed. It's really turned into quite a weak um, group event. We had Mr. Heaty in 95 won it. Uh, Juvenia in 98, they both got, they both finished second in the, in, in the Omar and then won. Um, actually, Mr. Heaty was for Fabra. Um, so that race is looking pretty weak in sort of nowadays terms. That would be the one thing that puts me off. Yeah, um, interesting stuff. The, the other horse so, I did look at was uh, Olivia. However, La Fonpade, um is not associated with two-year-olds in any shape or form. He is um, very much an older horse's uh, person. And, um, yeah, I'd, I'd venture a guess that he's looking to the future with that one rather than um, rather than the, than the present. Yeah, an interesting top speed nugget. I mean, that, mm. again, difficult to take top speed too seriously with... Um, with limited two-year-old form, but managing a top speed of rating of 43 mm. doesn't really speak well for a a group one over a mile. Um, we're yet to see see the odds for for the for this race. I've mm. been yeah. as you've been talking, I've been trying to bring those up. It's no nothing there at all. It, there's there's nothing there, so it's difficult to know what we'll get. But I mean, I'm. I would expect to see Cabaret going off as as favourite, probably you know maybe five to two threes ish, um, but I'm sure you'd get a big price on on Wedding March and that's Well, it. I think Wedding March will be close to to favouritism to be honest. I think Kilo Alpha will be will be the big priced one. I think she'll be about sort of twelves, fourteens odd. I mean, certainly Rossonaro is going to be in there as well as a sort of challenging for favouritism. Yes, I mean she'll have the. Especially with the Zarkava exactly. conspirators going yep. after it. I mean, I think it's probably safe to say if you're after Cabaret, then the, the place to be is the PMU. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, there is a there's a forecast on on at the races. They're suggesting threes Cabaret, fives Bahama, six Joanna and Wedding March. Mhm. Mm um, I'd, I'd be delighted with sixes. Absolutely over the moon with sixes. And kilo kilo alpha at sixteen to one Lovely. Sure would be a Lovely. that would be a that would be a very appealing each way bet based on the uh -huh. the limited bit of video I've seen. Yep. Um but yeah, an intriguing race. I'm I'm still hopeful that Cabaret can do it for me, despite I mean as you say it's a it's an interesting point that traditionally French group races tend to be fairly true run by, by British standards. But this is one that's tended to go to to speedsters, given it's a a mile for a two-year-old, you'd expect it to be more for the middle distance horses. But but no, arguably it hasn't been. It's it'll be a good test for Cabaret. She's got the ground she wants, which was not guaranteed. But if she can if she can do this, then she really is going to be be special. But clearly they think she is already, since Lily Langtree is running in a a sales race at Newmarket the day before, and she's sent here. It's a it's an encouraging sign, mm, and I'm, I'm sticking with her. Um, the next race is a, is another Group One, another juvenile race. It's the, well, it's now the Lagardère. It's the Grand Criterium to most of us. Um, seven furlongs, a smaller, smaller field, but select. You'd have to say. To me, this is a. I keep I keep saying this. This is a really intriguing race. So there's seven horses, and you could make a very good case 
for any of them. You started to struggle, arguably, with Pounced, but, you know, this is a a really, really tough one to pick, but a fascinating race. Um, and we'll take us through it. What do you like in this field? Well, my second biggest bet of the weekend will be on Dick Turpin. I think Dick Turpin is pretty much as close as you can get as uh, an arc weekend certainty. Um, Siuni buzzword that form. Uh, I mean, fair enough. They got beat by um, Shakespearean. Ah, uh, sorry, buzzword got beat by Shakespearean. Shakespearean won the, the Goffs Million Mile. But still, I mean, that sales race. I mean, if you look at the standards of sales races in this, in this country, I mean, they're dreadful, absolutely dreadful. I mean, I'm absolutely delighted. I, I, I really feared for group racing. I thought all the good races, oh, all the good horses will go to the to the million, to the eight hundred thousand. They'll leave the the Chibley Park, the Dewhurst, completely bare, full of handicappers. But no, the, um, fair play to the to the um, to the trainers. They're still sending the, the Arcanos and the Chabels and everything else. They're still sending them to the, to the Dewhurst. I'm delighted to see that. Um, Beethoven. I mean, if Beethoven wins this, month, the French might as well pack up for, um, forever. Um, Look, De Vega was supplemented. He's got a big reputation. Um, n- not for me. Not for me. Um, pounced. Both Lope de Vega and Buzzword, it's worth saying, have won one over course and distance, mm. which, especially for two-year-olds, is a nice a nice thing to see. gives you a bit of confidence that they'll cope with conditions. I mean, you know Longchamp much better than I do, but it's a pretty intimidating place for a two-year-old, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, that home straight, I mean, the home straight is colossal. I cannot explain to you how wide that home straight is until you actually see it. I mean, when you see, it looks more like a Formula One track or something. I mean, it is absolutely colossal. I mean, the only thing about Lupe de Vega I would say is that he beat Mubtasim uh, on his debut, and then he completely destroyed uh, his maiden f- field next time out. He's got a pretty big reputation apparently in France. Um, in terms of pounced, um, the British trained runners that have gone over there, coming from a maiden or a whatever, is dreadful. Um, I'm going off memory, I think it's 0013, yes it is. I mean, yeah, British or Irish horses who didn't run in a group race last time out, sales races excluded, 0013. That puts me off pounced. Um, I mean, Dick Turpin, he ticks all the trends boxes. Siuni and Buzzword, they run in pretty much the worst um, uh, trial for this, the um, the Rochette. It's an absolute abysmal trial for this race. Um, so many short price favourites from that uh, from that race have been beaten in this, especially for Faber and um, and uh, other um, prominent French trainers. I think Dick Turpin he's good, he's getting his ground. He will get seven. Um, yeah, I I make him. Yeah, my certainly one of my two big bets of the weekend, Dick Turpin. Yeah, it's, I'm I'm interested to hear that much confidence. I mean, I. He's, I think he's a likely favourite, and I think that's, as you say, on every known trend, on, on the quality of his performance, it's completely logical that he'd be, he'd be the favourite, and I can see why he's a very attractive one to lots of people. I'll confess that I'm not that interested in him. Mm-hmm. Um, part, I mean, I think at some point he's going to run out of class. It's diff- It's partly it's the pedigree snob in me. I mean. He's by by Arakan, um, and there's little talent on the mare side. He's he's a typical Hannon purchase, which I mean is a very sincere compliment because he does find horses who can win, 
and win at a very good level on and he gets them cheaply um and Dick Turpin is he's looked classy so far um and it was you know his his win in the Richmond was was very impressive but to me you know a group 2 mid-season is one thing but mm-hmm. a race like the Grand Criterium you're needing a really classy horse and I do wonder how much capacity he has to step up on on what he's done so far or whether whether Richard Hannon has bought a horse who was just very very forward and I mean the question is how you oppose him and Lope de Vega is, is the obvious choice as you say based on on reputation based on on the quality of his trainer um, but the one I'm going for is Buzzword um, who was beaten in in the Richmond by Dick Turpin has a fair bit to make up on that performance but his his win in a group 3 at Longchamp was was very impressive um, I'm fascinated that he's he's the Godolphin choice here given that as we've discussed, they're sort of spoiled for choice amongst their two-year-old colts this year. This is a vote of confidence, and I think a very sensible one. He is. It, it's he's. There's just a lot to like about him. I think he's progressive still, yet experienced. Um, little, you know, I've little more to say. I just, th- I thought his Group Three win was very impressive. And really, I just want to see Dick Turpin beaten. It's more than more than that. I've got a good reason to want him to get beaten. I just don't think he should be winning a race like this, mm-hmm. which is an appalling thing to say. But there we go. Well, no, I, I mean, I get where you're coming at. I mean, I, I personally, I'd love to see Viscount Nelson in this. Um, I think uh, he'd, given O'Brien's record in the race, he'd um, he'd pretty much hose up. My yeah. um my other concern with Buzzword is that he was a second choice last time. Um, he was ridden by the second jockey. Um, the first choice was Emirates Dream, if I remember correctly, and then he got beat in a Group Three at Longship next time out. So, um, and Siuni, well, okay, fair enough. He got beat by Special Duty. So obviously Frank the form very nicely today. But I, I, I just think uh, Dick Turpin's got a fair bit up his sleeve, and given what he did on Soft Ground last time out, and given that um, Aaron was very much a quick horse. Um, yeah, Dick Turpin for me. Yeah, yeah, I mean, fair enough, and you can't, you know, you can't knock, th- knock the form. Um, another race with a, a strong favourite. There's, there's a lot of, very, very firm favourites. Um, this one though, another one where I'd actually, I might be looking to take it on, but we'll get your views first of all. The Prix de l'Opera. It's a one mile two furlong race for fillies and mares. It's a Group One. It's the curtain raiser for the arc itself, and midday is a strong favourite on the back of her win in the Nassau at Glorious Goodwood. Your thoughts? Well, I've not, I've not seen the prices yet. I'd be very interested to know what price midday is. Oh, sorry. Oh, there you go. I've got the forecast down on ATI. It's just loaded up. Um. Wow. Alpine Rose twenty to one. That's extremely generous. Night Magic twenty to one. Right. Okay. If Night Magic is twenty to one on the day of the arc, it, uh, uh, no. Okay. Yeah. If Night if Night Magic is twenty to one, definitely back Night Magic each way. 
this um these I would suggest yeah. a degree of com a degree of caution where yeah, well, races forecasts are concerned. Yeah, I mean, um, that's certainly you may be optimistic. Yeah, I mean, I was expecting sort of seven eights for for night magic. Um, I mean, ones I can happily take off my list for this race are Chinese white, given the ground. Um, I'm happy to take off um, Shalania article rare board meeting again a Claire de Lune. Yes, absolutely agree with that. Um, Crystal to Capella. Stout, well, there have been rumours. There have been rumours. I mean, given what Stout says to the press, um, I mean, I've heard more words for, from from one of my cushions and Stout during the whole season. Um, there are rumours that Crystal Capella is very good, but given that she's coming here from um, uh, a six-month break, tough. Well, four and a half, five-month break. Sorry. Um, she did beat Dari me, but Dittori is not the strongest in the finish. Um, I think if you you could have whacked on Kinnan or Fallon that day and Darimi would have won that by about length or so. Um, but Darimi is well and truly frank the form. Yeah, that's um, that's fair enough. Um, what I would say is that Darimi is, um, she is a, a May 17th fall going off memory, so she would have improved a bag from that run, given that it was, um, she ran six weeks later, and in that six weeks she could have found an incredible amount of progression. But I, I do take take your point. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's. A, I mean, I, I, I still can't believe what Darimi's achieved this season. Much more than I ever thought she would. But you've got, you know, as you said, there has been a long layoff, and it is interesting how Stout's treated her. But she's, she's won her last six races. She took the Middleton, impressively from a horse who's gone on to be very good. So it's, I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't rule her out at this stage. I've interrupted you. You carry on. No, no, no. Please interrupt me as much, as much as you want. Um, Lady Marion won this race last year. Not really found her feet this year. Um, the form says that she was second behind Amber Rose by a short head in the Romanet, um, which was in the inaugural running of it as a Group 1. Um, I think she has more speed than stamina. Um, I think she's a proper miler. And I'm, yeah, I'm not convinced that Godolphin have really found what to want to do with her. I think over a mile on quick ground, she'll be seen to her best. Um, I personally couldn't have her, especially coming off a 15th le length loss to Chinese White. Um, yeah, I mean, Night Magic, if she's 20 to 1, please feel free to back her each way. Um, this German form does get underrated quite a bit. And these German fillies are not as... Um, not as silly as you may think. Um, there have been a couple of, well, certainly um, Lady Marion, she finished, um, well, I'm not sure where she finished, but she ran in um, a few German races last year before she won this. Um, uh, me, Emma, won the coronation, uh, sorry, came second in the coronation after winning the German 1000. Um, I'll load up my trends in a second, I'll tell you another couple of names, but um, Alpine Rose is the other one I really like. Um, I mean that's a pretty silly price, really, twenty to one. She, I mean, she was down to running the arc until the other the other day. Um, yeah, I, I mean, mean she was a bit of a a bit of a rag in the arc, but you can be a very 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 good horse and be a rag in the arc. Oh yeah, um, finished second behind Spanish Moon ahead of Yumes uh, in the, the Grand Prix de Saint. I mean, this horse is no mug. This horse is no mug at all, and. Um, yeah, twenty to one. That's um, very, very silly price if um, that's still available on Sunday morning or Saturday evening. Um, 
I mean, my personal preference would be for night magic. But um, certainly, if 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 they're both there at round twenties, then um, yeah, I'd definitely back them both each way. Yeah, I think that's that seems sensible to me. Um, we should talk about midday. You know, we th- if of course the to, yep. uh, to be right, she's yep. she's the favourite. Um, second in the the English dar- derby, third in the Irish. Um, drop back in trip to this di- to this distance, one mile two to win win the NASA. That was a very sh- taking performance. I didn't think she had it in her, I'll be honest. I thought she was I agree. I thought she was a good horse who didn't really like winning very much. Um she's coming off a long break, which I don't think we've got enough evidence to form a conclusion on this. I feel like she should be the sort of horse who's better fresh. As I wrote that in my notes, I realised I had no evidence for it whatsoever. <laughs> it may or may not prove to be true. Um, but she's a biggish sort. I don't think we've seen all of the improvement she's got to make yet, necessarily. She could easily run a better race than she ran in the Nassau. That being said, I think she'll have to. And whether, I agree. if push comes to shove, she and Todd Queerly can find enough here. I think is is doubtful. Although I am struggling to find something to oppose her with, I don't think a lot of the three-year-olds mm-hmm. um, in this race, as you say, Chinese white would be very appealing. Were a different ground. Crystal Capella is obviously intriguing, but I wonder, just as you say, you know, it's there's such a question mark with the six-month gap. It would be a fantastic training performance yeah, to do it. Um, and yeah, I do find myself intrigued by Alpine Rose purely by the process of elimination. I seem to come back to her every time I look at this, and she'd be she'd be my each way bet. But this is a this is a bit of a minefield. This race it because is. definitely I don't think the favourite will win, but I think she's a worthy favourite just because there's more question marks mm-hmm. with all of the others. But you'd expect to see not necessarily a better horse, but you'd expect to see a more bomb-proof horse in a 1 mile 2 group 1. You would, um, and especially one with a bit stronger form as well, because midday, as oppressing as she was in, in the Nassau, I mean, the form is very suspect. When you look at sort of heaven-sent, spacious, Katira, they all finished right down the back. I mean, Katira was travelling best of all two furlongs out. She looked as if she was going to completely hack up. Um, Rainbow View, is she a turn furlong horse? Is she a miler? I think she's a miler. If, if, I mean, if, you, see, if you see the turn of foot that she um, produced the matron, she, she looked a proper miler. Money can't be by me sort of a progressing horse. Not really sure how good she is. She runs in the flower bowl um, this evening, Saturday evening. Bathsheba... Yeah, more of a sort of 12 foot long horse round running the Yorkshire Oaks to be fair so yeah I mean I do I, I actually agree with you completely 100% um, a worthy favourite but yeah we'll get beat yeah I think we've got to assume that um, but it will be a I think the bookies should be going into the big race with a fairly big cushion after mm-hmm. after the opera um, well, I mean 
I think it's a, must have been a bookie's decision to start Arc there with the Abbey, to be honest. But that's a it's a different issue altogether. And sorry, sorry, the big race, the, the Cadran. Yes. Well, let's have a look at the arc. We might as well mention it since we're here. Um, Bunch of handicappers. Richest race in Europe. I don't really need to introduce it. It's a group one over one mile four. Um, Vision de Tar goes. Hume Zane goes. Fame and Glory goes. Cavalry Man goes. There's some nag called See the Stars. Unexposed? Apparent yeah. Apparently he could be anything. The yard seemed to think a lot of him. So, um. Tread carefully where, where Ox is concerned. I w I'd be treating his words a bit of caution. Yeah, I mean, we're. We've, we've done this race to death. I mean, and to be honest, I don't know what we've seen that's changed. As, a, you know, as we go along. We know the ground's going to be good. We know that See the Stars has travelled well. He's drawn six, which. He would have picked six. Um, I simply can't. I mean, any little question mark that might have popped up has been answered by, you know, by what's happened in the last week. The draw is right. The ground is right. The trip over was right. He's had the. He's coming in off four weeks break, which is perfect. I mean, there's. There's just nothing that leads me to believe he's opposable. He's head and shoulders above any horse in training, and he's going to win by a long way. I'm afraid. Why are you afraid? Yeah, I'm not afraid. Yeah, why are you afraid? It, <laughs> it makes this podcast a little bit boring, but it's going to make it's going to make Sunday fascinating, which is which is what matters. It's a pleasure to watch him race, so there's nothing for me to be afraid of. Um, I've been saying since I guess the Brigadier Gerard that Vision Dette is going to place in. Well, I said I said he might win if, but I take that back. We'll see the stars there. I think he could easily finish second here. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, we've. I mean, have you is, have you seen anything that's changed your your opinion on this race? Have you got anything to add to things we've said before? Well, I do agree that the race has hardly changed since June. Um, I mean, it's nothing's come out of the woodwork at all. Um, but I completely disagree that See the Stars is unopposable. I mean, a four to six favourite in an arc with eighteen rivals. Um, yeah, I mean, that for me is the very epitome of, of opposable. I mean, I don't care if this um, if the horse hacks up. Um, I mean, he is opposable. There is no doubt about it. He is opposable at six to four on against eighteen runners in the arc. Um, I mean, let's just go through this quickly. Take away everything with um, a double-figure draw. Uh, or, okay, let's include 10 for the sake of argument. So let's include fame and glory. So we're going to take away Conduit, Megadan, Ogbury, Tullamore, um, Tango, is that? Heshtam, Set Sail, Cavalry Man, Sassalita. They're all gone. Who's not good enough from the rest? Grand Trial, Laboom, Hot Six, Getaway. Sorry, Getaway's good enough, but not on this ground. Steel Tango is not good enough. Then you have to look at sort of thinks. Um, fame and Glory beaten uh, three times. No, twice, sorry. Twice by See the Stars. I mean, comfortably smashed. Has shown no turn of foot. Looks a very slow horse to me. For me, is the next sort of Yeet Septimus type. For me, gone. Now Absolutely. it gets... Yeah. 
Now it gets complicated. Vision data. I love this source. I'd love to see him win. I'd love to see him Frank Lazaro inform even more. Um, I, I'm struggling to see Vision data winning this arc. Um, I mean, the Foy is just about the worst possible arc try, trial you could hope for. And to finish second in an arc trial other than the Niel is pretty much... Yeah, it's certainly not a good sign. So for me, gone. See the Stars obviously have to take out on the odds. Simply on value alone, you have to take away See the Stars. These are with the two I've backed, Daremi and Yum Zane. Fair enough, Yum Zane was beaten last time out. Um, but I mean, this 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 is his... This is the place to be. I mean, look at the three times he's run over this course and distance. Oh, I hope it's three times. I'm going off memory here. Second to Rail Link, second to Dylan Dylan Thomas, second to Zarkava. I hope that's the only three because uh, I'm loading now. But I mean, you're yeah, talking that's about right. those two arcs and the Niel and the Niel. Yeah. I mean, so we're talking about getting beaten by three arc winners. Second, second, second. Um, we've got Fallon on board. I mean, Fallon's record, he, I mean, the first time out he rode him, he won. Easily, in the group one. Easily. Easy won it. Yeah. Um, I mean, you look at Fallon. I mean, the form he's in is unbelievable. I mean, I've been working all week. I've been seeing Fallon every single day, final 100 yards, with an unbelievable run to get up. I mean, today I had um, Orzine in a double with Ezar. I mean, I thought Ezar was going to completely hack up today. I thought he'd be down to sort of 30 to 1 for the guineas. Um, I thought my 140s would be looking lovely. And no... Comes Fallon, boom, easy. I mean, he did the same yesterday, the same Wednesday, does it every single day. There is no surprise for me whatsoever if Fallon comes up the rail in the last furlong and does see the stars. Absolutely no surprise whatsoever. I've backed him at 30s. I mean, 30 to 1. I mean, with the layers, please think about this a second. Second, second, second to three arc winners over this course and distance. I mean, that is an unbelievably stupid price to lay him at. 30 to 1. Crazy. Um, I've oh, it is. I mean, let, let me be perfectly clear. When yeah. I, I... I shouldn't perhaps have said in a post for... I, sh I meant really unbeatable. Okay, um, fair enough. Fair enough. I think value-wise, you, you make a good point. Um, and, yeah, Yum Zane is, is one I'd go with as, a, as one to oppose. And at 30s... Uh, sorry, one to oppose... Uh, see the stars with, mm -hmm. um, and at thirties you are getting you are getting huge value. Um, Alan is a very definite positive. People are talking about this visor as though it's an extraordinary mm. idea. Yeah, I mean, I th I think what's extraordinary is it hasn't happened before. I agree. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know much about horsemanship, but I, I, he's seemed to me to be crying out for for headgear. Um, since clearly they weren't going to geld him, then you know doing something to make him behave himself seems seems the obvious thing. But there's no doubt that putting Kieran Fallon on board is a pretty good start to making him behave himself. Yeah, I mean that's his last yeah. chance realistically as a six-year-old. Yeah. Um, it would be wonderful to see him win it. It'd be wonderful to see Fallon win it. Um, I, and you know it may well be that the combination of Fallon and the headgear fresh freshen him up I just don't think he's he's got got any interest anymore and his yeah his last run wasn't good but I mean his he just he just hasn't shown any sparkle this season he travels like a dream he sits there and you wait for that devastating turn of foot 
and whether it's just gone or he just can't be bothered to produce it maybe it's there and it'll come out tomorrow but I would be surprised if Fallon was hurtling up the rail I think he's you know I think it'd be a fairy tale but I just don't I don't think we're going to see it this year I think we've seen it Daremi is a difficult horse for me um, I feel she got completely gypped in the, the last race I mean everybody has talked about this I'm not not saying anything new my issue is that I want to see Andrew Lloyd Webber miserable. He just, <laughs> I just want bad things to happen to him. Uh, I wouldn't mind if she got disqualified again, to be honest. Do uh, you not like Phantom of the Opera, then? Not so much, mm-hmm. no. One song to the ch- to the tune of the last song. Um, <laughs> but and he, yeah, he's, he looks like a swamp monster. But this is this is irrelevant. <laughs> uh, okay, sorry, sorry. sorry. Quote of quote of the year is right there. When if we ever if we ever do some sort of awards, reason for horse, uh, reason to want a horse not to win, right there, perfect. The owner looks like a swamp monster. He does. Well, well, that before as well. I just I want I just want to see Andrew Le- unhappy. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> but this may not be enough. So what I would say is, I don't think, I don't think this is a, I don't think she has a style of running that will win an arc. I don't think she. I don't think that her, the way she runs a race will cope in an 18-horse field. I think there'll be too much speed at the front and too hard a gallop for her, and I think there'll be too much speed coming from the back. I am prejudiced against her. But because of, because of, of Weber? Because of Lloyd Weber, yeah. Okay. But I don't... And I do think she's flattered by a rating of 131. And I think she'd need... I just think she's a step below the class that she'd she'd need to be to win this. Um, for me, if you're going to oppose, and I th- I think you're right about Vision Data, for actually for the same reasons as Daremi, I think he's going to be taken off his feet by the the gallop that will attempt to beat See the Stars, and the gallop that you get in a race of the class of the arc. Mm. Um, I think he'll come like a train at the end, but I think it'll be for th- it'll be for second or third. Um, Yume Zane is the wild card, and for me, it's very difficult to know what else there is. Maybe Fame and Glory, maybe Cavalry Man, maybe even Stasolita will be up there in the sort of third, fourth, fifth places. But I think it. I think it's probably see the stars ahead of Yumes in Envision Dita. And as you said, it's it's extraordinary that the race looks so similar now to the way it looked in June. Mm. The top horses have maintained their form. Uh, equally it's interesting that nothing has come out of the woodwork. No. Um Well you, ca- ca- I, man. You were looking. Yeah. I don't know that Cavalry Man has come out of the woodwork really. I mean he was being talked about by Favre. He's He's certainly he's progressive, if you like. He's improved through the season. Um, his last run was very, very impressive. But he was being talked about as, you know, he, there were odds available on him for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's I think he's too short in the odds at the moment. I don't think he's done anything to justify the price he is. Well, he's not he's not going to win from that draw either. From coming from from Tien, I mean, he might as well just. Ride back to uh, Shanti from there. I mean, I'm just, yeah. I'm just if I've, yeah. I mean, he's pretty much on the right kind of angle. 
to go from 19. If he goes straight a bit to the left, he should end up in Shanti after a few hours. So that would be my uh, my tactics for Dettori. I'm not sure what Dettori would do if he found himself in Shanti. Presumably if he just went straight on at the home turn, he could end up at um, Shell de Gaulle Airport, which would be a lot more use for the jockey. Mm -hmm. But either way, I think we're agreed he's probably not going to win the race. No. Um, Yumzain, of course, goes from the Zarkava yep. draw. Sure um, but she was the first horse for Yulmo. Some staggering uh, period. Six, uh, six, six years. 1961. I'm going off memory. 1961. Another stat. Oh, okay. another, another stat going off memory. Last six-year-old to win, 1934, I think. It's certainly the 30s. I think 1934. Yeah, I mean, that's... And that, to me, is a telling stat, because Yumzain hasn't looked like a six-year-old with access to the Fountain of Youth this mm -hmm. year. He's looked like a six-year-old. Well, t t to be and fair, if, if an old horse is going to win the arc, it's going to be... I mean, it's it's going to be Yumzain. I mean, I, I'll, old is in yeah. older than four. Yeah, I think I suppose that's true. Um, but I mean, as you said, you know, you're the you're a trends man. I think you may be working a bit too hard to talk yourself out of the three-year-old trend this year. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, s s there are three on the trends, and they're d uh, Dari, me. If you overlook the disqualification, which on all form you should. I mean, just to, to oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, every every form person in the world, including that, as a win. Um, on yeah, on the trends, it's um, see the stars, and uh, Dari, me. They are the two on the trends. There's n nothing there at all. I was 1932, by the way. 32. So, the old one in 32. Um, Motrico won it for the second time in the race. Okay, there we go. Um, well, I think we've we've passed this race. We've been been on top of it from from the day these podcasts started, and I make no apology for that. I think to me, this is Europe's premier race this is what yep. the flat racing season is building up to yep. and we'll be starting our previews for next year's arc fairly soon <laughs> um well this is cheltenham this is this is the flats cheltenham yeah yeah i think that's that's absolutely right and certainly middle distance because you have got the breeders cup coming up and we'll, uh, we'll preview uh, that as well no, but, nobody cares about but that but you enough. can't be you can't the arc is for a single race this is this is the championship race of the year to me yeah um, Actually, I think now with the Breeders' Cup, certainly this, you know, I think this will really be prominent in in the in the flat racing calendar because um, with the Breeders' Cup being on pawn, the, the pro ride stuff and Dubai, the Dubai form just being absolutely shocking. I mean, you couldn't find a group of group ones with worse form than, than the races run in Dubai. This, I mean, absolutely abysmal. I mean, well armed Gladiatorus, Eastern Anthem. Oh, it's been abysmal. Truly abysmal. Yes, it really has. Um, so yeah, well, there's one more. The handicap race will cover. The handicap. The pre uh, yeah, let's look at the handicap. <laughs> or we could look at the cad run. It's up to you. Um, um, I vote handicap. Yeah, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you'll know <laughs> everything about. Oh God, no. Who the hell are these horses? Alvarado. Who the hell is that trainer? Mademoiselle S. Houbon. Bloody hell. Right, I need to study more. No, let's... I think she used to, let's I think she used to teach me French, Mademoiselle S. Houbon. You're probably the reason why she's training horses now. But yeah, yeah. let's... They probably speak better French than I do, but let's focus. <laughs> yeah, Cadran. The, the Prix de Cadran. Two mile four furlong. Of course. Group one, of course. 
this will be the last race for Yates, who has been something of a constant in our lives the last few years, who is a horse we both adore. At the races are suggesting he's a joint favourite. Yep. They believe he'll go off at three to one. Blue squares has um blue squares about right to me. Um the the obvious one to take the obvious opposition is Casbar is Casbar Bliss. Yeah, he's favourite actually. He's his he favourite. He's joint uh, yes. with Carl. He's joint faves with Boyles and Stan James. He's favourite. But yes, um, Yates is around second favourite as well. Yeah. Yeah. So we're seeing between between five to two and three to one on Casbar Bliss. Yeah. Eleven to four to three to one on Yates. Encanto Dream is six is Pantelist you can get fifteen to two. Alandi you can get eights. Ascar Tower you can get eights. And then there are some outsiders. Forget the rest. Twenty to one bar. Forget the um, in terms of the draw, it makes less difference in yeah. this race, but still does have a marked difference if you look at the trends. Yates is nicely drawn in four. Casbar Bliss next to him in five. You can't do anything with that. Alandi in three. Um, well, let's. Where do you where do you want to start? Do you want to look at the Do you want to look at the hero or the opposition? Well, I mean, let's say sort of. I'll be opposing Yeats. Um, I'll be opposing Yeats. 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 Um, he he's he's been here. He's he's not done it before. He's he's not got the T-shirt on two occasions at short price. Um, there's no reason to think that coming off the back of that dreadful Irish ledger run that he'll be um he'll be winning this. But um. I, yeah, I mean, if 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 there is something to complain about this weekend, it's the fact that the BBC will not be showing the card. Um, it's a real shame that um, the the legend of Yeats will be um, Yeats Yeats will be going out on a ATR RUK with um, it's it's a huge shame. But um, yeah, Yeats. Let's just forget Yeats. Let's not even uh, talk about him in terms of winning this race. Casbar Bliss needs an well. First of all, he needs he needs a time machine. He needs to go back, not run um, last time out in the Gladiator. He needs to go back and not run in the Kurgale, I think it's called. No, the Grand Prix de Deauville. And then he needs to just have a complete rest from the Barberville in April and then run in this. Because if, and only then, if he did that, would he have a chance of winning this? Because he does not stay two miles four. He does not. And he certainly does not get two miles four coming off a three break. No way in hell. Doesn't stay, doesn't stay, doesn't stay. Doesn't stay three miles over hurdles, doesn't stay two miles four in the flat. He is an out and out two miler. So let's just Casbar Bliss. Second so you've now drawn a line through the two favourites. This is going yep. well for for outside backers. Well and here we go. Second big bet of the weekend, the Encanto Dream. This is um this is the one with Dick Turpin, these two. Um, I think Encounter Dream has got an absolutely superb chance. Second in the race last year. Horses that have run in the Cadran the year before have actually got an excellent record in this. He's run in the perfect uh, the, the, the perfect trial for this, the Gallia Tour. He's done the perfect thing, which is not to win, but finish in the frame. Um, he's fresh. He's got speed. I mean, yeah, this horse for me, Encounter Dream, he, he will stay... 
Um, and quite frankly, he will win. A landy five-year-olds five have a very good record in this race. It's the ideal, yeah. the ideal age. Yeah, I mean, mm. I think that's a yeah. that's a very logical pick. I'm surprised with the, the confidence with which you've you've backed it. I mean, it, I know that this is something you do, but still, um, just to me, it's a it's a bit of a it's a bit of a muddle this race. But I mm. I agree with you. He's he is the logical pick. Um, Clearly, it's what he's been aimed at. Lernan is a trainer who knows what he's doing. On pedigree, it's perfect. Galileo uh, by a real staying mare. Um, and yeah, there's, as you say, the two favourites are very opposable. I mean, Caspar Bliss is a horse. She, it's the the ground is the only thing which I think gives him him a chance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it yeah. is firmer than would. Mm -hmm. We might have thought likely, and looking at his hurdling form, particularly, the firmer it is, the better he stays. Um, and if it is run, if you know, if for instance, we don't see much pace, then maybe he'll stay. And if he stays the trip, he, I, you know, he'll win because he is, he's the one with the most impressive turn of foot in the field. Well, let's just say um, that number four, Windsor Palace, is a pacemaker for Yeats. For Yeats. Well, yeah, Windsor, Windsor Palace is present. Let's come back to that. Um, Alandi, I think it's too soon after the previous run. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I also would say doubtful stayer. Um, yeah. Again, another Galileo, but Alaya is a was a very good mare in her own right, but without that same same staying gene. Um and I think it would be asking an awful lot of her to of him to do this. Also I it's always difficult to second guess a stable like this, but how John Ox, Mick Kinnan and the rest of the yard are supposed to focus on this horse and focus on this race. Mm -hmm when it's coming off the back of the arc I, ju I think that's an enormous ask and I don't think they'll manage it I think I think this horse's performance can only suffer mm -hmm. as a result of coming on the back of that Which, so I'd be happy to draw a line through him um, I agree with you that Yates can't be I, uh, it's difficult to say he should be opposed because yeah, it's Yates but you know for, from a purely Leaving sentiment aside, which you have to to bet. Of course. He has to be opposed. He does. Um, and I can't see, I can't see Ascar Tau having, having the class, in a uh, race of this quality. He's still a um, handicapper. He's still a handicapper. Just because he's been winning group races in the UK doesn't mean he's not a handicapper. He's a handicapper. The only one thing I would f flag up, from a betting perspective. Is that looking at the odds available? We see six to one, six to one, six to one, thirteen to two, and fifteen to two yeah, as the odds available for Pantelist. Yeah. Coral are really out on a limb opposing Pantelist. Um, by Giants Causeway, out of a yeah, he's not going to stay there. A good, a, a good American. I don't know. That that's true. I think. I, I think it's possible. That we'll see. That we'll see Pointe take take order 
and maybe Nick. I don't think necessarily win, but I would say she. I would say he'd have a very good chance of a place in this. Um, but yeah, I'm. I'm struggling to find anything to oppose Encanto Dream with. Um, as you say, a five-year-old. There's a lot to like, and it's easy to oppose the two favourites. So yeah. A brave, a brave bet saying six to one is your bet of the week, but I'll give you that one. I think that's a logical pick, and I must just come back to Windsor Palace. I'm. What you fancy to win? I'm no, 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 no. I fancy. I think it's yeah. worth our time to discuss it. I. Well, no, I have no idea what he's doing here. I think it's really. Aidan O'Brien, this the past ten years have been aiming towards this. He, what he's doing is he's setting up Palace, Windsor Palace's um, mark for the Melbourne Cup. He wants to get a penalty for winning this race, get him in the Melbourne Cup, and then win that. This is the, here the very pinnacle of what Aidan O'Brien's doing for ten years. He's been duping us into. He's a Group One trainer, does incredible things with two-year-olds and three-year-olds. Um, but no, Windsor Palace. This is the horse. Mark my words. Yeah, I don't think you're being entirely serious there. Look at the form. Look at the form. Henry the Navigator, famous names in there. This this is the horse. Windsor Palace. Well, no, I no, never okay. Know. Yeah. It's uh, I th one of these days he is going to one of his one of his rags is going to pop up and win it, but it won't be Windsor Palace. We'll be uh, swimming to Longchamp next year if he manages. More for this. you. My thousand to one's looking even better now that you've ruled him out. He isn't. E he isn't even declared in, in the the odds in some places. No, I've um, I've, I've, I've spoken to my employer. I've got ten thousand to one now. They've just in they've just increased it. Well, well, I hope he comes in for you. But I think you may be. I think you may be throwing your money away at ten thousand to one. I've got ten people. He's way. not. He's not even a very good miler. I really, I I honestly, I can't understand this. Unless it's you know, unless it's just to have a runner in the race. But you know he's not there as a pacemaker. He's got he he might not even stay till halfway. I it's a complete mystery to me. But I mean, what it could be is that they had an odd number of horses going over on the plane. Sort of maybe they had sort of eleven or thirteen or fifteen going over, and they thought, well, hey, what should we do? It's might as well just get the other one on for the extra money. Uh, sorry to um, save wasted money, and they just sort of. Thought, hang on, let's let's give Yeats a bit of a lead for the first mile, ten furlongs, just to get into sort of that that groove, and then he can just take it up from there. I mean, but well, possibly. But I mean, if you were just sticking him into make up space, you'd think you could put him in a race he might finish. You know, run him in a run him in the handicap. Or the Abbey. <laughs> well, the well, he's probably got more chance in the Abbey than the. Oh Abbey. yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know. It's a. It's a very low note to have finished this podcast on. I'm well, let, well, let's let's make it a high note. Cambridgeshire. Let's get let, let's get let's let's give a Cambridgeshire uh, Cambridgeshire picks. Oh, I've, oh, you 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 got home so late. I've done the Cambridgeshire without you. Okay, I'll give a. You um, throw out your Cambridgeshire pick. I was stupidly started doing trends for this race earlier and just took forever, so I stopped at ninety-eight and I just decided to just to go through with all the winners. Right, let's actually load up because I've got. A document was saying Cambridge are trend picks somewhere. There it is, right. The three I've got it down to are Ben Coolen, Red Andy Nichols, 
Almicard, although the winners from the John Smith have not got a great record, and Servino. I did look at Wannabe King, but something put me off. I'm not sure what it was. Um, I backed him. That may be what it was. Okay. But yeah, that, that's that's definitely it then. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, you're not getting great odds on El Mikdard or Savino, but Ben Corlin's around. He was, a, he was around 180s, then he went down to 80s. So he's probably challenging for about second favouritism right now. Um, and it was Danny Nichols was, was extremely annoyed that he wasn't allowed to run in the Hunt Cup. Um, but yeah, I think Savino, Al McCard, and uh, Ben Corlin stuck stick a couple of quid in each of those and um, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. There we go. Um, and what? Since you're you're looking at the new market, I've already given my picks. But very quickly, have you got have you got any fancies in the uh, Sun Chariot? Um, not really. I think um, I think punters are taking a bit of risk on Ganati at such a short price. Uh, um, there are a couple in there. So, oh God, I'm loading now. Uh, Aldana is running. Um, he was request could pull off something like Majestic. What uh, I did um, a couple of years ago. It's um, it's a tricky race that I wouldn't really be wanting to commit to anything. In terms of the sales races, though. Um, mm-hmm. I like Mark Hazzy a lot in the Colts race. This horse is apparently, apparently Stout's best two-year-old. Um, it's not a great price, nine to two for the sales uh, race, but well, it's a price, and it's certainly better than Evans for Alfred Noble. It certainly is. And Philly's race, oh, bloody page is not loading up in uh, Firefox. Um, I can't remember. I, there was I can, I can only assume you're opposing Lily Langtree. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I, 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 I still, I keep looking at the odds. I cannot understand what punters see in her. I just can't. Look I at think the, they see RPR one two one, and and they see AOB and they see Royal Ascari. I mean, the horse finished second behind Habib. Where did Habib finish today in the Chibi Park? Did I think probably that didn't speed to home, I reckon. Um, I tell you, the horse I like is it's the one that finished second to. Oh, there you go. The page is loaded down in IE. Thank God for that. The the one at the bottom, the Fallon one. Sing sweetly for Butler. I mean, it's nothing confident in any shape or form, but you're there around sort of 19 to 1. I mean, you don't need to be a great horse to beat Lily Langtree. You don't need to be a great horse to win this race. Um, and 18, 19, 1, yeah, if that horse can sort of... I mean, to be honest, could a reproduction of, the, of that run win the race? Uh, Maybe it'll need to be. I think it'll need to be quicker. There's going to be something progressive in this field. Um, but yeah, there's no reason why why it couldn't improve. I haven't given a pick in this race. I've just had a bit of a rant about um, people slagging off O'Brien for for having the nerve to run horses in sales races. Because as far as I'm concerned, why shouldn't he? Um, well, he wants the, the uh, trainer's title. If, if he wins those both, he trains title. So why shouldn't he? Yeah, I think oh. that's right. I I think it's I think he also wants Danehill Dance to get the stallion title. Yeah. Um, that was my other theory. Yeah. Um, Perfectly good theory. Far deeper than mine. If I had to, if I had to pick one, um, no, I don't know. I was going to say Miss Smother on pedigree, but the runs have been dreadful. I have actually I've actually seen one of those runs as well, looking at the form. So I wouldn't fancy that one. No, I'll be I'll be leaving this race well alone. Um, I'm just going to watch the French stuff this weekend, I think. And it is going to be, as we've said, 
a really fantastic weekend's racing in in Paris. I wish I was going to be there. I'm not. I am going to be at the Velcapada Bitcher the next weekend, so I shall spend my weekend learning Czech and watching a little bit of some of the finest racing of the year. Go to Chateau Rouge in the old town in Prague. Go to Chateau Rouge. Go go downstairs and ask for um I can't remember his name. I think it's something like Richard. Did he check or something like that? Ask for someone like Richard, right? Uh, he knows me. T tell him you know the Eng English Jack, and he'll sort you out. Um, yeah, if I may, I'll just leave you with two anti-post pictures. All my horses get stuffed Absolutely. over the weekend, and then I don't turn up again until June. Um, I was was very, very much hoping that Lady of the Desert would get beaten in the Chibli Park rather than winning it, even though I did back her in a treble, because Chibli Park winners have got an absolutely appalling record. Natagora, I'm sorry, but if that race was run a hundred times more, the 1,000 guineas, I still would not back Natagora in a single one. You had Infallible not staying, Spacious was uh, ridden completely the wrong way, Nahud was desperately unlucky, Lush Lashes was flying at the end. I would I would expect that Nahud would win maybe three of the, if, if that race would have, was run a hundred times more. I mean, so many Guineas winners have, fit, have been beaten in the Chivley Park, Harrow Year, uh, Cape Verde, uh, let's go down the list even further, um, where are we going, Russian Rhythm of course was beaten, um, yeah, okay, that's it, so you've got four horses beaten in the Chivley Park, went on to 1,000 Guineas glory. Um, I've just seen Lady of the Desert is 20 to 1 on the exchanges. That is unbelievably stupid. It's just a stupid, stupid price. Special Duties breeding says that she is a 100% sprinter. 100%. Um, I, I mean, she will really not get the, the, the trip in the guineas. Just no way in hell. Absolutely no chance whatsoever. So Lady of the Desert, for me, for the 1,000 at the moment, although I do like Lady Darshan, and I've backed her at 95s, and also foolish ambition, actually. And for the 2000, I like, um, I don't know if he's non-negative, but Kingsfoot, um, the two once-raced winners to win the national in the past 20-odd years were, were refused to Ben and Sindar. Both classic winners. Um, I mean, Kingsfoot was 14, I was 14 to 1 um, uh, on, on the exchanges last week. He's moved to Godolphin, he's now 22s. It's a crazy price, especially given that he's going to improve for the, for the better ground uh, at New market um, I, I think that's absolutely crazy price crazy price um, and I agree with you my only question is um, he's clearly a horse who's had problems physically um, why do you say that my ask well they they announced he had as he won he? his his race yeah oh, well, there you he, go. Was, he was very late coming out they said he was going to be an early season horse and he he disappeared and he I forget what it was. He's got. It was at the same time they were talking about Rip Van Winkle having bits of his feet falling off. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking he had feet problems, but that may not be true. Mm -hmm. I'm being very vague, but for whatever reason, he's clearly he was a horse who they'd they'd struggled to get right. And I mean, as we've seen, Newmarket, the the 2000 Guineas is so early in the season, and it's such a challenging race for a young three-year-old. Mm -hmm. If you're not bang on, you won't win it. And I mean. Mm -hmm. You know, we've we've tended to see very sound horses win win the 2000. I would wonder if he's got the ability to turn up in good order. Um, 
not, it must be said, something that's been the strength of the Godolphin Yard over the years. Well, I would agree. I would have agreed with you six months ago, in an instant, even three months ago, or even two months ago, actually. But um, I really think they've, they've sort of sorted that act out now. I really do think they've sorted that. Mm. And to be honest, no, oh, I'm not suggesting they're poor trainers. I just think it's you know that, and I, I don't even mean they've got you know they haven't got their horses' welfare art or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I just you know there's been a lot of horses who have, for whatever reason, not stayed fit. Maybe it's the, maybe it's the Dubai and Winter thing or something of that nature. I've no idea. Well, I, mean, I would, I wouldn't be surprised to see him not turn up. Well, I don't understand this Dubai and Winter thing because they had Ireland Sands and Mark of Esteem in 96-99. They both won it. Um, Dubawi was fifth in 2005 simply because of the ground. So it's it's something that happened around 94, uh, sorry, 0405 that happened there. And um, it looks, based on their current form, that they've gotten over that. Um, the only other one for the two... I mean, I, I did like Ezar quite a little bit... Um, but he's he was beaten today, um, so you can forget him. I had a couple of quid in him at big prices. The the, other, the only other dark horse was was um, Fighting Brave of O'Brien, so I backed him 190s. Um, he's now declared to run in at uh, Dundalk tomorrow uh, in a maiden, which is a slight negative. But he's um, the Ballydoll team like this horse, Fighting Brave. He's um, he's had engagements in maidens that. O'Brien likes not. Actually, he was engaged to run in the in the maiden that won, but was taken out presumably because he was injured. He was in the middle part even after one of the um the later declaration stages. He was only one of two unraced horses along with Ailchan. Um, he looks in between a sprinter and a minor on pedigree, and um. I, I mean, certainly. Yeah, I, I mean that to me mm, is a negative. For, yeah. For Newmarket, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean. Pedigree-wise, he's he looks a fantastic horse, and it will be yeah, those those odds might look fairly silly fairly quickly. But yeah, I mean it's as you say, it's a very speculative pick, isn't it? But mm-hmm. definitely, yeah, definitely. It's twenty to two in the morning. Yep. We could talk all night about this, oh, but I'm if we're going to get this podcast up so that people can listen to it before the. The Longchamp card finishes. I think we should call it a day. Sounds good. We'll have plenty of juvenile form to review. Yeah. Plenty of other races to review. Yeah. I'll have, I'll have news from the Velka Pardubice, and we'll have, the Newmarket Champion Stake that we're both going to to yep. preview at some point soon. So I hopefully, shall, I shall be there. We'll be back in a week or so. Yeah. Um, thank you very much for all of your time. No, thank you very much for for staying up and um, with my unreliability. And yeah, well, let's let's hope it's a profitable weekend. Let's hope All so. Best, Jack. See you, Andrew. Bye bye. Bye bye. Well, huge thanks to Jack for joining us. I hope you'll all find that to be an informative and hopefully profitable run through the major races on the Art Card. Always a very challenging weekend for punters, but a hugely rewarding one. I'm looking forward to it enormously, as I'm sure you all are. There's unlikely to be a podcast next week because on Wednesday I leave for my pilgrimage to the Velka Pardubica which takes place a week on Sunday. So I will be returning triumphant from that trip ahead of my trip to the Champion Stakes at Newmarket and to the early season jumps action at Kempton Park next week, the weekend following that. 
So there'll be a podcast soon after my return, hopefully ahead of the champion stakes. But for now, my thanks for listening. Have a great ARC weekend and stay lucky.